our scripture reading, we turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. Read through the first two verses of chapter 4. We take note in this section what is said here concerning the resurrection and that it was noted that they were, the apostles were preaching through, that's literally the word there is, of, is the word in, preaching in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That's in chapter 4, verse 2. We read the, we read the chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that had entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers, 
that those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets, from Samuel and those that follow after, as many have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So far we read from the scriptures this morning. In the passage that we just read, and all of scripture, the basis for the teaching of our Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 17, There we read, What doth the resurrection of Christ profit us? First, by his resurrection, he has overcome death, that he might make us partakers of that righteousness which he had purchased for us by his death. Secondly, we are also by his power raised up to a new life, and lastly, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge of our blessed resurrection. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, The apostles, as they went out after they were sent to go and preach the gospel, they went with very good news. There's times when we have 
good news to tell someone. And we may be very excited about telling the news and we go to see someone that we, that we love and we're looking forward to being able to tell them the good news. And the apostles had, they had good news, amazing, amazing news to tell the people. The apostles had talked with the risen Lord. Not only had they seen evidence that he was raised from the dead, but they saw him. They personally saw him. And it wasn't simply that they saw him, but he didn't say anything to them. That they saw he was alive, but they didn't hear him speak. That's not the way it was. They not only saw him, but he talked with them. He explained the word of God to them. And they were then sent to tell others the news. And what would have been so much on their mind would have been the fact that Christ was raised from the dead. He was, he was really dead. And God really raised him from the dead. And he's continuing to speak and perform mighty works now from heaven. And they went around. They went and preached. They preached Christ and they preached that Christ who was crucified, was alive. That he was raised from the dead. They talked about the fact of the resurrection and they talked about the benefits of the resurrection. And this Lord's Day that we're considering speaks especially about benefits. It speaks about the fact that he overcame death. Christ, by his resurrection, has overcome death. And this passage that we read speaks about the fact that God raised his son. And so we will, and we will speak first of all this morning about the son being raised, as it's referred to here, that God has raised up his son, Jesus. But then also, looking at the passage from the question, well, what does that mean for you? The fact that 
God raised Jesus from the dead, that he raised his son. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What does it mean for us? He was dead, and now he and he is alive again. How about you and me? They, the apostles, went and preached through, or literally in Jesus, the resurrection. And that the news that was to be brought and that we have set forth in the scriptures is summarized accurately in this Lord's day that Christ, who has overcome death, makes us partakers of his righteousness, which he has purchased for us, and he raises us up to a new life. The Christ that was raised, we are connected with him. So preaching the gospel is declaring the truth concerning the resurrection of the Son and then also bringing the good news that you and I are connected with him. We've been engrafted into Christ. If Christ is raised, if our head has been raised, we will be raised. By his power, he raises us. He raises us and we have everlasting life. We have life in Christ that can't be lost. Everlasting life. And though we in this life go through trials, sad trials, we go through some difficult times, as we have been and as we continue to be. You can have some times where you, you hear such sad and difficult news and then and then again, you hear some sad news. And in this life, we do hear sad news. Yet we do, we have heard the good news of the gospel. And in the trials that we go through, we are comforted by that truth of the gospel, the good news of Christ and life in him. And we who hear that news and who by God's grace believe that gospel, who are thankful for the life we have in God's Son, are to go and tell others the good news that has been told unto us. We consider this Lord's Day under the theme, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection.
we consider first of all the the son resurrected secondly raising us by his power and thirdly proclaiming the resurrection the son resurrected first of all the resurrection of christ is a real event We know that, we confess that. It's like what we read at the beginning of the Bible and concerning creation, we say that that really happened, just as God said. And when we read about the fall, we say the fall of man really happened exactly as God says that it did. And people say, you really think there was a first man, Adam, and that he fell and that, we say yes exactly the way it's recorded in scripture man fell into sin and man was then dead in sin depraved totally depraved by nature we also believe the truth concerning the resurrection from the dead and that christ was raised and that that was a real event we considered in the previous Lord's Day that he was buried and that served as proof that he really was dead. People knew he was dead. They buried him. And he really was raised from the dead. And there were many infallible proofs. The grave clothes as they were before when his body was in them and now the grave clothes are still there but his body is gone. The message of the angels, the appearances, there were a number of appearances that are recorded. And as was mentioned, they not only saw him, but they also talked with him after the resurrection. It was clearly proven to a, to a group of people so that these witnesses went out and, and made known what they had seen and heard. And it wasn't just one or two that had seen him and had talked with him. This was the fulfillment of the covenant promise. That God's covenant promises fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that central event that the Messiah has come, that he has suffered and died in our place, that God has raised him from the dead. God glorified his son. That's the way it's referred to in the passage that we just read. That God glorified his son. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his Son. Men spoke against him. They beat him. They mocked him. They contradicted him. They nailed him to a cross. God glorified his Son. The resurrection is said to have been a declaration that he is God's son. 
And on the third day, he rises from the grave. And that was a declaration that this is the Son of God. Acts 17 says it also indicates that this is the one who's going to be the judge. And Lord willing, we'll talk some more about that in a moment. But that was another aspect of what they would preach when they would mention that Jesus was raised from the dead and what he's continuing to do now from heaven, they also mentioned, as is referenced here, that he's coming back. And that he's going to be the judge. And that there would be punishment for all those that refuse to listen to him. There was salvation in Jesus Christ. Yet those who rejected him would be, would be punished. Christ is the first fruits. He is said to be the first to rise from the dead. That's in Acts 26, verse 23. We know there were those in the Old Testament and also after Jesus' resurrection that were raised from the dead and returned to this life. But Jesus' resurrection was different than the resurrection of someone who returned to this life again and then would die again. Jesus was raised never to, never to die again. And... Jesus raised himself. The first to rise from the dead. The first begotten of the dead, he's called. He's said to be the firstborn. The firstborn among many brethren. And that statement, he's the firstborn among many brethren, brings out the... the relationship between Christ's resurrection and what, what happens to us. If Christ was not raised, we would not rise. If Christ was not raised, we'd still be in our sins. And we would not rise. But Christ having been raised, having overcome death, he makes us partakers of his righteousness. A righteousness which can't be lost. Adam was righteous for a while, but then he fell. He was righteous and holy. He was created good and then he fell. And since then man has had a sinful nature. But in Christ, the righteousness we have in Christ can't be lost. It can't be. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. 
and it can't be lost. He makes us partakers of his righteousness, which he purchased for us by his death. So when we look at the death and the resurrection of Christ, when we talk about Christ's death, we say sin was taken away. By his death, he took away the cause of our eternal death and misery, namely sin. By his death, sin is taken away. Having been raised, he causes us to partake of righteousness. So by his death, sin is taken away. Having been raised, he causes us to partake of righteousness. Having died, he took away the cause of our death. Having been raised, he raises us to life. Righteousness, life. And we see that connection too. One who is guilty, the punishment for sin is death. If one is guilty, the punishment is death. We partake of Christ's righteousness. We're raised to life. Life everlasting. Christ, by his resurrection, gave immortality to his human nature. That's what we say in the Belgian Confession, Article 19, that Christ, by his resurrection, gave immortality to his human nature. And he raises us and in Christ we are immortal. And that is amazing. That we're immortal. Now if you were to tell somebody that, that you're immortal, What do you think they would say? And if you then said, I'm not kidding. I really am immortal. That is reality. We would have to explain, of course, that that doesn't mean we can't go through physical death. That was brought through in the previous, that was brought out in the previous Lord's Day. But he do, does quicken us and give us a life, and we have a spiritual life already now that will not end. And one day, also in the body, will be incorruptible. We will continue to live and we will not die. That really is reality. We are raised by Christ. Christ is the one who raises us. The same one who is raised from the dead raises us. The first man was alive. The Christ raises his people from the dead. Adam 
was a living soul. Christ, by his spirit, makes us alive and gives us a life that does not end. Our life is in connection with Christ. All in Adam die, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. All in Adam die. All in Adam are guilty and die. All in Christ are righteous and quickened. All in Christ, the scriptures say, in Christ shall all be made alive. All those in Christ made alive. A spiritual resurrection, and we talk about that. We've talked about that quite a bit, but many are not, when witnessing to others, there are many that do not understand that doctrine. That God quickens his people and gives them a new heart and that that can happen even in the womb. And that he infuses new qualities into the, into, into the will. And that man who before was dead becomes alive. That he infuses into us faith, obedience, and a consciousness of his love. He puts his word, his law, in our heart, and we're alive. Efficacious grace, saved by irresistible grace. And we who are dead are raised to life. And the ones who are raised to life, they are the ones who bear the Father's image. Many people say all human beings bear the Father's image. No, that's not true. It's those who are righteous and holy. Those who have been quickened by Christ, who have been raised to a new life. The children of God bear the image of their heavenly Father. Raised. Raised by Christ's power. Now in this passage that we read, we read of the power. The power of Christ is this man who had been lame. And people knew he was lame. Now he's leaping about and praising God. And the... Apostles bring out that they were not, it wasn't by their own power or holiness that they made this man walk. And directs people to consider the power, the power of Christ, the risen Lord. And Christ works in us. And efficaciously quickens us and also works in us so that we turn away from sin to God 
and that we come to God with a sorrow for sin, confessing our sin, and desiring to walk in obedience to God. Familiar with the fact that people often deny their sin. And they won't turn from it. And so would it also be with us. God works in his people so that we turn away from sin. One who has died with Christ mortifies his members. Puts off the old man. One who has been risen with Christ seeks things above. We bring that out and that's going to come up very, very soon. When it talks about the benefit of Christ's ascension, he sends us his spirit by whose power we seek things above and not things on earth. Really? And we say that is true. We bring out that it's a small beginning of the new obedience. When we talk about denying that we've sinned, well, we can sometimes we deny. Sometimes we've done something, we deny it, and then and then we feel sad about, we feel sorry about it, and God works in us a sorrow for sin, and we confess. And sometimes, and we say things, we do things we should not do, we feel guilty, we feel ashamed, and we come to God and we ask God to forgive us. When we sin against a brother or sister, we ask for forgiveness. And God chastens us in his love. If we, for a time, are not turning away from sin to him. But God does work in his people to repent. God, who has, Christ who has quickened us, also works within us by his Spirit to turn away from sin unto our God. And we who have, the li- have life in Christ, well, God works in us to know that we're alive. He quickens us and he causes us to know that we're alive. that we have this life. It's like he worked in the disciples, the apostles, so that the apostles knew that Christ was within them. We bring out when we talk soon about what happened at Pentecost, and as the Spirit is poured out, and and they know Christ is the one who sent his Spirit just as he said, and that the Spirit is... Within them, the Christ who had taught them, whom they had walked with, had ascended to heaven and had sent his spirit, and his, his spirit, now the spirit of Christ, is in, in them. Works in us faith. And we know, he assures us, 
of everlasting life. We confess that and right at the beginning of the Heidelberg Catechism. He assures us of everlasting life. So he not only gives us life, but he also causes us to know, especially as we come to conscious understanding of that, that we're alive and that we're saved. And that in whatever trials we are in, whatever difficulties we may go through, we know we can't lose the life we have in God's Son. We can't. Nothing can separate us from our God's love. And we have hope. What a hope we have. We who have been raised from the dead, who have been spiritually quickened, we also know that one day our bodies will be raised. Heidelberg says, secondly, we also by his power are raised up to a new life, and we've talked about that. And lastly, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge of our blessed resurrection. And now it's talking about bodily resurrection we know our bodies will be raised Christ will raise us our souls will be united if, if we die before our Lord comes we know there will be some that will be alive when he returns but for those that have died their soul will be united with their body in which they formerly lived now it's true also that there will be a bodily resurrection of the unbelievers but the bodily resurrection of those who are in Christ theirs is said to be a resurrection to everlasting life as we read in Daniel 12 verse 2 we will see and be like Christ. Right now, with the eye of faith, we see Christ. Right now, we are righteous and holy like Christ. When you talk about us in the new man and our new heart, one day our bodies will be conformed to Christ's. Christ's glorious body. God glorified his son, Jesus, and one day we will have bodies like unto the glorious body of Christ. Amazing. What good news. What good news we have. And what excitement there should be to, to proclaim it. We're familiar with the fact that Christ was raised and that we have everlasting life in him. How amazing is that news? And what joy, with joy, 
we should proclaim that news as the apostles did. The apostles preached Jesus and the resurrection, it says in Acts 17, verse 18. People were taking note of the fact that what they were preaching is that they were preaching Jesus. They were preaching that Jesus is alive. The Jesus who was crucified, the apostles are saying he's alive. And they're also speaking about us being raised. They preached in Jesus, or translated here, through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. But as they did that, as they proclaimed Christ and the resurrection, they pointed out man's sin. They pointed out what sinful men did to Christ. They said it right to their faces. We confess we're prone to hate God. So hating Christ, crucifying him, we're <clears throat> We're prone to hate God and our neighbor. We haven't even done one work that's not punishable. And the resurrected Christ is coming back. He's coming back as judge. And as they preached that, they talked about forgiveness and also the punishment that would come upon the impenitent. Talk about the keys of the kingdom, preaching the gospel, talk about the key of preaching. And that it's declared and publicly testified that those who believe in Christ, well, their sins are forgiven. And those who do not sincerely repent are exposed to the wrath of God and eternal damnation. As long as they don't repent. Well, you see that here, too. That he talks to them about their sins, but he also talks to them about the forgiveness of sins. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Turn to God. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. He calls people to repentance. And those who come to Christ and sorrow confessing their sins will be comforted that their sins are forgiven those who heard this 
Shortly after Jesus' crucifixion, those that were in the audience there that heard that and felt convicted about what had happened are told, repent. Turn to God. Be converted. Your sins will be blotted out, washed away. And then saying to anyone that would sit there and hear that, would stand there and they'd hear that, and they're not going to turn. God said to them through the apostle, you know, God, Moses spoke about how there would be a prophet that God would raise up among your brethren. And God had said, him ye shall hear. This is verse 22, that God would raise up a prophet, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Anyone that may say, oh, I hear him in the outward sense. I'm there and I've heard what the prophet has said. But yet not repenting of their sin. Would be destroyed. The risen Christ is going to come back as judge. And there will be punishment, everlasting punishment who, for those who rejected what God said through his prophet, Jesus Christ. So both, we proclaim both as we proclaim this good news. As we talk about what Christ has, that Christ is raised and what Christ does in his people and about how there is forgiveness in Christ. We also warn about the coming judgment of God. The same, in the same proclamation that spoke such wonderful news and about salvation for those who are in Christ, also warned about those that to, spoke a warning against him uh, about the judgment that would come upon anybody that would reject him. They preached as witnesses of the resurrection. That's brought out repeatedly. That they brought this out. Paul also, of course, saw the risen Lord. Later, the Apostle Paul also would be one who would see the risen Lord. And they preached Christ, who was crucified, who had now been raised. They preached as those who had witnessed the resurrection. We are to bear witness to the truth as those whom God has worked within us. We know and have no doubt, even though we didn't see him with the eye of the body, we know and have no doubt that he was raised and we confess the truth concerning the resurrection. And we know that he has raised us up 
to a new life. And we're righteous in him, and he's raised us up to a new life, and we have hope. <coughs> and as those who have hope, we're to bear witness to others concerning what we have seen and heard. So that we do talk about our own experience. But as we talk about our own experience, we show how what we've experienced is in harmony with the word. That what we've experienced in our own life, that it's what we read of here. that we can point to passages in Scripture that speak about the work of Christ in his people and how they have a beginning, which is small, and how the Spirit works in them faith, and that's why they believe Christ purchased the faith for them. That we can show from the Word of God what we've experienced is harmony with what we read of in the Word of God. And the apostles not only talked about what they had seen and heard, and we saw him, we heard him, but they also went to Scripture and said, this is what Scripture said was going to happen. We've seen the risen Lord, and the, and this, and the Old Testament spoke about the coming Messiah and spoke about him suffering and dying for us. It spoke about him not seeing corruption. It spoke about him being exalted. So they also spoke, and uh, they spoke about what they had seen and heard, and they were continuously going to the Word and showing people from the Word the good news. Preaching in Jesus, or through Jesus, the resurrection. May we be comforted by that good news. And may the Lord strengthen us by his spirit to bear witness to others concerning this news. And may we show our joy and our thankfulness in our life to the glory of his name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord, our God, and our Father, we are thankful, O Lord, for the comfort that we have, that we have joy in the midst of trials and difficulties. We have joy knowing that Christ is risen, that Christ is alive, that our Lord, that our shepherd is alive and dwells within us and is leading us, and that he is protecting us, and that he will return. We're thankful for the comfort we have. May we walk closely with thee, O Lord our God. May we be strengthened by the Spirit, and may we faithfully bear witness. And may there be opportunities for us to tell others, too, about the wonderful news that thou hast told us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.